thankful for the blessing of being here. Before I get preaching, two things I'd like to mention, and you can see Rachel for both of these. We have a new prayer card, if that's something that interests you. Most of all, we appreciate the prayers that you lift for us as we travel and preach the Word of God from church to church. And then the song that she just sang is on her new CD, and she does have those, if that interests you as well. It's called, He's Always Been Faithful. So Rachel's been blessed to be able to record another CD. It has been 13 years The first CD helped us get all the way to India on a missions trip for a month. And this one is helping her provide for another CD. And it's just been exciting to see how the Lord has been using the talents that God has given to her for the work of the ministry. For those of you who do not know, my wife is from, born in Anchorage, at nine years old, grew up on the old homestead in Palmer, Alaska. And when she was nine years old, as she was learning to play the piano... They lost their church pianist to moving out of the state. And her little church there in Palmer, Alaska, needed somebody to play the piano. So a little nine-year-old girl named Rachel, now my bride, started learning one hymn song every single week in her piano lessons. And that was the hymn that they would sing with the piano at church. And you fast forward all of these years and recognize humble beginnings the wonderful opportunities to be used for the Lord. And I want to challenge every young person and every adult to to just be willing to serve the Lord and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, I desire to be used of. You are worthy. Tonight, as we open up God's Word, I'd like you to turn with me to Psalms. And as you're opening to Psalm, I'd like you to look at Psalm 5. What we would like to do this evening is begin in an introduction by giving you just a few verses, mostly in Psalms, a couple in Proverbs, and we're going to begin to gather the understanding of what it is that we are looking at. I want to make a statement as I begin. I'm thankful for the favor of God. And as I began studying a little bit about the favor of God and the favor that accompanies that with man, I came across the definition of the word favor. It literally has the idea of to bend or to stoop in kindness to an inferior. So our word tonight is kindness. It is God is gracious to us. He is precious. He is pleasant. We can find Him to be favorable to us. Notice a few verses in Psalm 5. Look at what it says in verse 12. For Thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt Thou compass Him as with a shield." Now, I don't know how you learned the compass, but I learned the compass as never eat soggy waffles, all right? North, east, south, and west. The idea is on every side circumspect, you can recognize that God gives His favor. He compasses us with it. I'd like you to go to the right in God's Word and find Psalm 44. Psalm 44, notice again by introduction, a statement that we see in verse 3. Psalm 44, verse 3. The Word of God reminds us about Israel, the Hebrews, when they were in bondage. 
It says in Psalm 44, verse 3, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. There it is again. This is the kindness, the grace of God to the Hebrew people. That He is precious and He is pleasant to them. And we look back on that historical record and recognize the Hebrews didn't do anything in their own strength to set themselves free. It was all of the goodness of God. And I want you to think about what victories that you enjoy tonight Not because of your power, but because of the power of God. You must remember that your salvation is not based upon what you have done, but it's by the grace of our God through Jesus Christ, whereby we are saved. God has been favorable. He has shown His kindness. He has been gracious to us. And this brings us to a place of saying... Thank you, God, for your favor. I'd like you to turn to the right and find Proverbs 3. But it's not the famous verses that maybe you have memorized. But right before that, we see our word. Look at Proverbs 3. Begin with me following along in verse 3 and 4. It says in Proverbs 3 and 4, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Let me pause for a moment and be reminded myself that there is nothing good in me. I am a sinner that needed the mercy and grace of Almighty God. And this is according to the truth that is found in God's Word. Your world and your heart want to tell you that you are naturally good. But if you read the Bible, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We need the truth to make us free. Mercy and truth compounded together is a beautiful thing. Notice what it says as we continue. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. My bride homeschools our daughter. And she came across a curriculum for devotions and Bible learning that she has put to use. The first one was called, Keep Thy Heart. And the way the curriculum is designed by another homeschool mother is you have a devotional booklet for mom and you have a devotional booklet for, in our case, our daughter. A little bit different, but all of it has to do with the same topic every single day, except Lydia gets to draw some pictures about what it is that they are learning that day. And they got across those verses that deal with your heart and it's desperate wickedness. And it's not that we follow our heart, but that it is we follow God and His truth. What does God's Word say about me? And what does God's Word say about this life? 
And there was an honest gift given to her at one of the churches that we were at. And my little daughter got a bracelet with several charms on it. And one of those charms on it, it said, follow your heart. And our daughter, learning how to read, she read that and understood that. And she came to mom and me and she said, but that's not right, is it? That was a proud dad moment at that moment in my life. It was an opportunity to recognize it does matter what we are teaching our children. And if there's something we need to teach our children, it is God's truth. I don't want to be guilty of just throwing up my child to the winds and waves of society. I want to be somebody who takes my responsibility seriously and say, wait a second, I've got a lot to teach my child. I've got a lot to learn myself. Lord, I need your mercy. There is none righteous, no, not one. I need your truth so that I can understand this. And when I bind them and hold them close, when I understand them, as it says in verse 4, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Real quickly, still introduction. Notice what it says in Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, look with me at verse 1. Proverbs 22, verse 1. We have many different ways that drive our society. One of the ways that drives our society and culture is in the area of wealth and money. But notice what it says in Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor. Rather than silver and gold. I want to be somebody who goes down in history with a good name. And I want to be somebody who has that desire for loving favor rather than silver and gold. Guys, tonight we get to rejoice. Our God has been favorable. Our God has been gracious. Our God has been precious and pleasant to us. Now, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you say, Preacher, I am walking through a very dark valley in my life. These are difficult days. These are desperate days. These are dark days. I just don't understand how I can see the favor of God or know that God's favor is with me right now. I'd like to show you somebody in the Bible who experienced God's favor in dark days. One of many. Turn with me to Genesis, the book of beginnings, chapter 39. And I'd like to remind you of this man, or maybe for the very first time, introduce you to somebody who a long time ago lived this life just like you are living this life. But there were some things that happened to him that maybe haven't happened to you. Have you ever been sold into slavery? Probably not in this crowd. Have you ever been hated and envied by your brother that they would contemplate killing you? Joseph was in that situation in his life. He was from one trial to being exalted in Potiphar's house. 
And then it was in Potiphar's house that he is falsely accused by the wife of Potiphar to her husband. She makes a claim about Joseph and the husband has a jealousy that you would expect a husband to have in that situation. And that man with authority that he had thrust Joseph into prison even though Joseph did not do what it is that Potiphar's wife said he had done. Notice what it says in Genesis 39. Begin reading with me in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. And I don't know how much you might need that right now. It might be a very difficult time in your life. But you've got to remember God's presence. You've got to rejoice again that as the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord can be with you. Notice as we continue, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Notice that this favor from God, it came after a false accusation. Notice that this favor from God, it teaches us that when men haven't been forgiving... And when men have misunderstood, and when men have not been merciful, God was. And this excites me as I study it. Because it seemed like everybody in Joseph's world misunderstood the integrity and how true and loyal Joseph was. But here's the thing. Even when man did not know, God knew And I want to challenge you in your situation, no matter how dark it gets, this is not a time to duck away from the truth. This is not a time to run from where God has you to be. This is a time to be strengthened in the truth of God and recognize His mercy once again. You see, in Joseph's story, God opened the eyes of a very unique individual to Joseph. It was the prison guard. Surely, the prison guard would not show favor to one like Joseph. But listen, God was with Joseph. God showed Joseph favor through the guard showing this favor to Joseph, a unique individual. And maybe as you're walking through the darkest valley of your life, you can recognize in a moment that everything everybody else meant for evil, God is revealing Himself to be so good to you in these moments of your life. There's somebody right now that I know that's going through a very difficult time. And this somebody that I know that's going through a very difficult time has made a choice. And her choice is this. I am going to run to God. I am going to kneel before my Maker again. 
I am going to get into His Word and seek to know His truth because I recognize in dark times, sometimes in our flesh, we let the darkness dictate to us who God is and we can potentially believe a lie. What darkness are you facing? What trial are you wading through? Please remember, no matter how difficult the day is, God is only, always good. And that reminds me, for somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. This is the favor of God, even through all the difficulties of your life. It's the goodness of God that sets everything else apart. And now you can see Him. And now you can come before God and say, what a mighty God. There's a second place I'd like you to turn. It's the book of Exodus, real quick like. Exodus chapter 3. And as you're turning to Exodus chapter 3, in the first point, we talked about God's favor during an unpleasant season. In this second point, we are talking about God's favor as promised for a future season. One of the songs that we sang a little bit ago was, One Day. And in one of those verses, it talked about how one day He's coming back. The idea that one day we are going to see Him again. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's a promise that Jesus gave for a future season. And what I want to show you in the Scriptures is how if we could take ourselves back to the Hebrews and Moses and the understanding of their bondage, God gave Moses a promise that as Moses would go to the Hebrews and say, this is what God's going to do, the people had a choice as to whether or not they were going to believe it. Eventually, they would walk in that promise. Notice what it says in Exodus 3, verse 21. Exodus 3.21, I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. And ye shall spoil the Egyptians." Imagine what this was like. Brother Sean, at one moment, you mean our God's going to save us? And then at the next moment, I don't believe this is going to happen. Could you imagine being one of these that would say, wait a second, oh no, there's no way we're going to get out of this place. Look at the hard bondage, look at the hard labor, but yet this was still a promise that God gave to Moses to deliver to them. And it reminds us of the message of Christ that we have the privilege of preaching to others. 
that we know that there is eternal life coming for the one who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a promise that has been given, a promise that has been sealed, but a promise that will be fulfilled in its season. Right now, you only know what this life is But think about it, as was mentioned by Brother Jordan just a little bit ago, I can't wait for eternity. Like Paul, who said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Jesus, which is Far better. Nevertheless, to abide here with you is needful. We recognize there's purpose for us here. But one of these days, there's a far better day coming. As we're talking about God's favor, tonight we can rejoice that He can preach to us in our unpleasant season. That He is still kind. He is still good. But He can also remind us that one of these days... There's future favor promised to us that we have yet to experience. Notice how the Hebrews experienced it. Turn with me to Exodus 12 and see the fulfillment of God's word. In Exodus 12, notice what it says in verse 33. And my friends, if you remember studying through this plague after plague, Hardship after hardship, God was trying to get the attention of Pharaoh as Moses would stand before him and say, let my people go. In Exodus 12, we see that it finally happens. Notice verse 33. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. And the Lord gave the people, what church? Favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Could you imagine walking in the promise of God? Can you imagine, Brother Jensen, what that's going to be like one of these days? To literally walk in the promise of God being fulfilled? What? God said it was a street of gold, and now I'm getting to walk on it. God said there'll be no more tears there in that heavenly Jerusalem, and I get to experience it. There'll be no more pain there. There'll be no more death. One of these days, we've got to remember that there is favor promised for the future that we will enjoy in the present. Right now, there might be difficult days. Right now, there might be dark days, but God has given us some promises. And we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. A city that hasn't been made with hands like this. This trip already, I've laid some flooring. I've put in a water faucet. I've exchanged two toilets at an academy charter school. I've gone around and fixed some things. But I can tell you, there's nothing like that place that's coming up that's like God's place. The one that He 
has created and the one that He has made. And you ought to get excited about what is coming in the future. It's so much more than we could ever fathom or comprehend. Death is swallowed up of life. We think this is living. But one day we'll find out what true living is all about. I'd like you to turn to Titus chapter 3. I would normally like to take a little bit more time in each of these places. But I know that your time is precious. And I thank you for listening so well. Notice what it says in Titus chapter 3. As we rejoice over God's favor concerning salvation. I hope you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior tonight. I believe that this place is full of those who have made that decision to believe on Jesus Christ. But I understand as a parent, there are prayers and there are efforts and there are decisions that we are making that our children might learn and that our children might know the truth. And that is the truth that sets them free. This is the favor from God that we don't deserve. Notice what it says in Titus chapter 3. Look at what it says in verse 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. First day in Alaska this trip, I made a foolish decision. Father-in-law said, Justin, you got to watch it at the gate. You won't think it's drifted, but it is. We're borrowing a little Kia right now. doesn't have a lot of clearance at all. The rest of the homestead driveway was swept clean with the valley winds. And then up there at the gate, I see it. It's just white out as the wind is blowing across. But in my pride, I make this decision. I can make it through. Brother Pinnock's maybe with an excursion, but not with a Kia. I found out very quickly and was reminded again that hindsight is always twenty twenty, Brother Butler. I wish I would not have thought that I could. It was a foolish decision based upon the information that I was already given. Man, how many times have we been foolish with the information that God has already taught us? God says, that's not the way of wisdom. But why are we deciding to go that way? Notice verse 3 again. For we ourselves also, and what a confession this is, we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lusts, and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. I don't know about you, but this reminds me of a time in my life where I was without Jesus Christ. This reminds me of a season where I did not know the Lord as my Savior. This reminds me of those days where I had no clue what God had in store for me. And even though I can't fathom at all currently, I learn and I read and I can understand more and more. But this reminds me of who I used to be without Jesus. Then notice verse 4. But after that... 
The kindness. There's our word. This is God's grace. This is God's favor. This is God given to me something that I can never earn myself. Something I could never do for myself. God gave me His kindness and love. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, uh, toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. And we are reminded in this verse, salvation in heaven, it's not based upon my goodness. It's not based upon what I can achieve and what I can do. In fact, the prophet Isaiah says that all of our righteousnesses are filthy rags. Everything good that we puff up ourselves to be, everything in pride that we think we are, that will never achieve salvation. The only way that we could ever be saved is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Notice verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Do you know God's favor tonight? His favor to save you when you did not deserve to be saved. Go with me to Romans 5 and we'll close with this one verse. As it's so fitting to understand how favorable God has been to us. How kind God has been to us. It says in Romans 5 and verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, certainly Christ died for the good. Certainly Christ died for the givers. Certainly Christ died for the righteous. No, the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every single one of us. And this brings us to a point of rejoicing in God's favor all over again. September. is preaching down at Pastor Scruggs Church down in Freeport, Florida. The Scruggs family served up in Fairbanks for a while. And he has since found himself pastoring in Florida. We had a revival there. His family, some of the extended relatives, would drive from Pensacola, Florida to Freeport about an hour and a half just to go to church. Sunday, the family was with us. We did not know if we would see this family again Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Monday night, they weren't there. Dad must not have gotten off of work in time to make the hour and a half drive to get to the revival services. And we understood completely. But Tuesday night, their car showed up. An 11-year-old boy jumped out of the car. He ran straight up to me outside the church house. And he said, Preacher, i got to tell you something. I said, What? He was so excited. He said, Last night, I was listening on live stream. First thought, as a preacher, sometimes you wonder if anybody listens on live stream. Last night, I was listening on live stream. And last night, I trusted Christ as my Savior. 
Praise the Lord, I said. He jumped right over to Pastor. He went over to somebody else in the church that he knows and loves. And he told how God had saved him the night before. His daddy got saved a couple weeks later. I love the domino effect in a family. Can you remember the kindness and love of God in your life when you trusted Christ? How wonderful that was. Dear believer, maybe you're going through a difficult time. Remember, sometimes the trial dictates to you whether or not God is favorable. Always remember that God is good regardless of what you are going through. And He desires to show you His kindness even in the darkest hours. And maybe, just maybe, He wants you to settle in to your season. And He wants you to seek Him while He may be found. And He wants you to find out that He is still just as favorable to you as the day that He saved you. Or maybe, dear believer, tonight you can rejoice like the Hebrews in Exodus. That God's given you a promise. A promise? That you have yet to experience. But one of these days, because God is true and God is faithful, you'll get to experience that promise. The promise of everlasting life. What is that? The promise of all the good that He has prepared. Hallelujah. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, maybe right now God's knocking on your heart's door. And saying, God loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die. That you could be set free from your sins. What a wonderful Savior. What an amazing favor. God is kind. Gracious. Precious. Pleasant. Do you know Him? Because if you do, you understand what I'm talking about. What a wonderful God. Let's pray together. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, we 